welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and today we're going to be talking about finding other women of faith to have fellowship with. I know that every time I have gone to a new parish, I'm always, I always feel like I don't belong, if that makes any sense. So that surprises me because you were like, hey, person I just met, why don't you come to my house? (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Uh, It takes me a while to get involved. And yes, I've, I've had a lot of leadership roles, but sometimes I don't feel Catholic enough to hang out with the cool kids, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and so it takes me a while to, to learn people's personality and start to feel comfortable. You guys ever have that problem, and how do you get around that? All the time. All the time. <laughs> I am so bad at meeting people because I feel like if, I'm, if, I, like if I go to a park and I meet another mom and we're getting along great and our kids are getting along great and I'm thinking, like, oh, we should have a play date – I feel like I'm asking her on a date and I just like, I get like red in the face and my heart's pounding and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so then I just don't do it. And so I have such a hard time just in general meeting other women, even at St. Mary's is where I go to church. And there's been a couple of women who I've kind of known through my husband um, who came up to me and started talking to me and they're super nice women and I really like them. I even went over to one lady's house and, you know, we had dinner and great conversation, but then I got nervous and like, you know, I don't talk during church, even in like the cry room. I don't like talking. I want to, you know, participate in the mass. And so then, you know, after church is done, everybody's running out the door. So you don't really have time to talk. And I have, I have a hard time just in general, finding women to, to, you know, have fellowship with or whatever. But, you know, so I guess it kind of extends to Catholic women as well for fellowship. Well, I, I don't have any trouble meeting people. I'm, it's funny because my husband, if anybody would meet him, they would think that he is the extrovert because he is wild and loud and crazy, but he's actually an introvert. So then I'm the extrovert. And so I'm like, hey, let's go to the after party. And he's like, no, my gosh, I just want to go home. My challenge is I don't want to clean my house. <laughs> and for some reason, I always have that in my head. I think I grew up with that. And I it, it, so it's hard to have it in my head. Like your house does not have to look like Joanna Gaines house for you to have some people over, you know, and I always extend so much grace to other moms and other women if their house is not perfect. But for myself, I put this pressure on like, Oh no, I can't have anybody over unless I clean my house top to bottom because what if they open this closet and they see, you know, (laughs) our spider webs and (laughs) whatever. I like to say that I am helping other husbands appreciate their wives' ability to clean better. (laughs) (laughs) So if I, you know, I try, I like having my house clean, but I'm not good at it. I've reached a point where I know that in order to have human interaction or adult interaction, (laughs) um, they're just going to have to meet me where I am. And that is accepting my own insecurities and accepting my own failures in a way and, and just saying, okay, well, I need to have this outlet of being with other women who are in kind of the same situation I am to commune with. And so I have to get over myself. I have friends who call me like an introvert matchmaker. I make friends with other 
introverted introverted Catholic moms invite them to my house. They make friends with each other, and then they have playdates <laughs> at their houses, <laughs> um, which is funny because I'm I'm not exactly extroverted. But I'm extroverted around introverts, <laughs> people more introverted than I am. So I, again, I think it's just about meeting ourselves where we are, like, and, and just accepting that in order to really have that community, we have to get over ourselves, get over those that reaching for perfection of, or that idea of what we, what needs to be perfect for us, because it's it's not the same. And as, you know, even with getting involved in the different groups at church, um, I've had to, I've had many experiences where I, I've just, I go and I just feel nervous. I, you know, we, we've started a new parish. I don't feel like I really fit in. And then I just sign up for something and that you get over that hump and you just do it. Well, what if there's a lack of things to sign up for? Let's say you come into a new parish and all the roles there, you know, like lecterns, choir members, things like that are already filled. You know, there's these families there that have been there for years and they just, they have their thing that they do. So there's no place for you to insert yourself. Or there aren't any groups that pertain to where you are in life or for your age group. What do you do then? You start it. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Every uh, wonderful group that I've been a part of, I've had to start myself. (laughs) You invite four women over to your house to record a podcast. That's how you get started. (laughs) There you go. We did this. My husband and I, when we lived in Kansas, we did a thing where we had um, wives came one Tuesday night, husbands stayed home with the kids, and then we swapped husbands, you know, had a get together and the wives stayed home. And that seemed to work really well because, you know, when you start to get into childcare and having the churches take care of childcare, there's so much work and liability involved in that, um, that a lot of churches are reluctant to take it on. I feel like it would be something great since we're the most pro-life, pro-family institution in the world. But, um, you know, that's going to be a process. So I think, and, and really small group is where it's at. You know, that's yeah. where you're building your closest, most intimate relationships um, versus having like 30 people at a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might be the lone one out here. <laughs> Hopefully someone out there in listener land will relate to this, but I have the opposite problem. I don't pursue friendships the way that I'm told I should. I don't seek them out. And I feel like I'm a big disappointment when it comes to friends because I don't spend a lot of time. I'm not that friend that we talk daily and we love things back and forth. Um, and I've really, I've really let a lot of my friends down because I wasn't that person for them when they needed it. I don't have a ton of energy, emotional energy, and I feel like my family and healing, I feel so maxed out with that a lot that I just, there's nothing left, nor do I desire it sometimes at all. And so I, I that is the thing that people are like, oh, wow, you don't want to have more friends? You don't want to spend more time with more women? And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm good. And and, and I I hear myself saying those words, and it feels so awful to say that out loud. But I, I just have always struggled to understand what is expected of me with my friendships with women. And I've had incredible, beautiful friendships with women. Some of those women are sitting in my in this room right now, you know, and, and, and there's this potential to, but I, I struggle with energy 
to put into that. I'm the person that you call when there is a crisis. I am at your door. I'm taking your kids. What are we going to do? Let's walk through this together. But on the day-to-day, I'm not a great friend. You guys, I'm a bad friend. <laughs> I think something to be said for quality over quantity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's probably only a couple people that I've known for a long time that our friendships have sustained themselves because mm-hmm. of how we've needed each other through different things, you know? And so it, it's not even like I, – I feel like when it, in a friendship, the, the most work comes on the front end. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then after that, when you kind of settled into this person is – is a friend, a real friend, not like a Facebook friend, but like a real friend, um, then you don't have to, it's, I don't know, put in the effort to get to know them. It just kind of happens more naturally. Um, whereas at the beginning, you're right, um, Alicia, it's kind of like asking a woman out on a date. Like, do you want to be my friend? Do you want to come over and have a play date? I have thought about like trying, like, you know, children, they have such an easy time making friends. They just go up to somebody and say, hey, you want to play with me? And that'd be weird as an adult, right? But like, I thought about just like going up to like a park or, you know, to my church or something, just like looking at a girl, like she has kids my age or something, just go up to her and be like, hey, you want to be friends? And just see what happens. Yeah. Especially in a park, because I, I will never probably see that woman again. So she's right. like, low crazy. Risk. Low I don't risk. have to worry about it. <laughs> but what I... does it say about our culture? I'm so sorry, Annie, that we are having trouble just mm-hmm. making relationship. What have we done? We've isolated ourselves so much as a culture that we even have to have this issue. This was not the way it was, you know. We have to mentality of pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you know each of us are on our own islands fighting our own battles and coming forward like that just shows vulnerability and that's not something that's prized in our society that hyper individualism yeah I, I, I think when you said that that reminded me that I have a hard time asking for help mm-hmm. like after the birth of my um, not eight-year-old I had postpartum depression, and it was bad. And a lot of it was a lack of help, and I didn't think I could ask. You know, you're, you said that you're the friend that if you're in a crisis, and I have friends that are like that. I have fantastic friends. But I have a hard time telling them that I'm yeah. weak or yeah. vulnerable or need that help. So I think that that's, that may be part of our hard time of making those relationships is because when we say, hey, do you want to play with me? Or do you want to be my friend? <laughs> it's showing a vulnerability. It's yeah. saying that, hey, I, I want you to be my friend and I'm not this rock island upon myself. You know, I need others to, not necessarily need others, but I want others to share my experiences with. Yes, and we do need each other. You know, and I really, we do need each other. I didn't realize how much I needed female friends until I got married and became a mom. And, you know, I tried to talk to my husband about things and he just didn't get it. You know, (laughs) he didn't get the struggle. Um, But I used to always brag, most of my friends are guys, you know, and, and, um, and just realizing like it, it it is women that kind of sense those needs that maybe you can't even articulate. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think you know, when we have a hard time asking others for help, um, realizing that that's part of who she is if she desires to help us, you know, that, or we desire to help each other, it's part of who we are to sense that, that that's mm-hmm. a need. And I mean, I can't, uh, 
you know, throw a, a party and, and do cool catering stuff, but I can sweep your kitchen, you know? <laughs> I can wipe your toilets, and it's not because I'm Mexican. It's because <laughs> I am, like, good at, at doing that is industrious. Um, and, and knowing our limitations and our skill sets is also helpful because I think I can be intimidated by the women that put together the pin. I had to get off of Pinterest because it so overwhelmed me and I felt like such a failure at everything. Um, but other women are good at that. And so being able to appreciate their gift without feeling like it diminishes your own skill set too, I think is important. One of the best gifts I probably got during that time was a friend of mine came over and she was just coming over to talk to me and see the baby and stuff. She started folding my laundry. I didn't ask her to. She didn't ask me if I wanted her to. She just started doing it. And like while we were having our conversation. And really, that was probably one of the biggest gifts I've gotten from a friend. I feel like I don't have that intuition. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just going to do this for you. And, and you know, you, you have the fear of the mother-in-law that comes in and does, you know, cleans your house for you. <laughs> but in that time, it, it, was, it was a big help. And sometimes those physical things, I think, are important. I think we each have our own unique gifts, too, whether it be that you can come in and see, oh, this is the issue that they have. Let me just start helping or, you know, whether that's fold laundry or sweep the floors um, or it's just to be that person who sits with you with a cup of coffee and listens. And then some of us are just unable to, uh, you know, do those physical things as well. Like you said, we're not always able to have that intuition um, of what somebody needs. And that's okay. That's just where we are right now. We just have to ask the Holy Spirit to open us up to what charism is ours. Hmm. What is the way that we can be God to our fellow women? That's beautiful. Yeah, and I think that strikes me because like I, for a long time in my friendships, like I was incredibly selfish. Like, I'm bad at friendships as well. Like, I want to meet other people. Part of the reason why I have that roadblock there is because in the past, I've been such a bad friend. So, like, when I had my first son and I had, oh gosh, what was it, three months off of work? And a friend of mine was like, you know, you should come over. You should come over. At the time, like, you know, I wanted to be home with my son. But at the same time, like, I, I don't know, I, um, here we go. But she wanted me to come over. But for those three months, I barely saw her at all. Because I would only really think about myself. I was a very, very selfless person. I still am in many ways, but I was a very selfless person. And then the only reason I would go and like call her to see if she wanted to hang out was when I was feeling so lonely and so in need of, you know, you know, another person to talk to or whatever that I would contact her, you know, over the years, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand why I didn't have great friendships at the time because I was just so stuck in that mentality but over time, I've learned, okay, well, that's wrong. Like, don't do that. <laughs> you know, like, you have to be a friend, too. And I'm still, like, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm kind of similar to you. Like, I, I don't contact people every single day. Like, I have to, in my phone, I have to put down dates. Like, yes, if they tell me that they're going to have a doctor's appointment or something, I have to do that because I will not remember. And it's not because I don't care. I just won't remember. I think it's a... You know, I've been, you know, I, I, I want to have lady friends and stuff because I want to have those friendships, especially Catholic women, because I want to have friendships where, you know, it can, that friendship can further my faith and further mm -hmm. my relationship with God. But then I also have to remember that it's not just about me. Like I need to be there for that person to do that for them. And for me, it's a, it's a conscious effort that I have to make. 
-hmm. but it's one that I think, you know, it's, you know, like we were talking about, like it's everybody is in a different place in their lives. And so for some people it comes naturally and for other people it's a little bit harder. Key there, I guess, is just, you know, putting in the effort where it's, you know, that's in your place. Like you were talking about, you're, you're, you know, you're there for that person in those times of need and that's wonderful, you know, finding kind of your, your spot where you're at, if that makes sense. And I think accepting the kind of friend that you are too, while always growing, always learning to be less selfish and as a rule mm-hmm. over everything. I think that's, that's a big struggle. I've had to just accept kind of these kinds of things about my personality and my vocation where I'm at, that this is the way it is and to do the very best that I can. And that there's only so many hours in the day. And I think it's just really hard to, ba- for me, it's hard to balance. This is an area that I struggle with. Like I, don't know how much I should be doing or not doing. And I feel a lot of pressure both ways. So yeah, I think the way you said that was just so perfect. Like it's just accepting, or it was either you or Annie, what is my charism? What is my contribution here? And to not be disappointed if you don't have the one that you want. (laughs) Like, Like maybe your charism is the friend who fixes when things are awful, where you swoop in and maybe it's not the day-to-day stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe your charism is that day-to-day relationship building that you're so good at, you know, and maybe not so much the other way or maybe both, you know. And I think we also have to accept that our charism can change Mm -hmm. depending on what we're, the season of our life. Yeah. Because you know, I used to be that, be able to be that person that if somebody needed me at one o'clock in the morning, I could just leave right. and go be with them and we could go for a drive and talk about all the things. With my kids, I can't do that as easily now. Mm-hmm. I mean, my husband's usually pretty understanding when I have a friend that has that type of need, but you know, I can't accept a 2 a.m. phone call to go help somebody like I could mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah. And sometimes I really want to, though. You know, it's like I know that people are struggling with something, and I want to be there for them. I want to just drop everything and be there. But that's not where I am in my life at that time. I don't feel that's necessarily that your charism has changed. It's more your situation has changed. You're still the person you, who will drop everything and text with them at 2 in the morning. Um, that's true. You did tell me that I could text you at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I have had conversations with you at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I think that's also along with that meeting ourselves where we are. Yes. Yes. Um, when we were early in our marriage, my husband was laid off and we moved out of state and this was before we had kids and I was, um, you know, just a stay-at-home wife <laughs> at that point. And we, we moved. We didn't know anybody. And I m- went to a church bazaar. And there was one of the ladies there just started talking to me. And she became one of my closest friends there in Colorado. And she's like 30 years older than me, maybe. And she invited me to the Bible study there, the women's Bible study. I was the youngest by far. Mm. By far. And, um, but again, it's just that meeting each other where we are and if you're able to being that person for somebody else and it might not mean talking to some random person at a bazaar it might mean you know walking up to them in the playground and saying hey want to be my friend (laughs) that's okay just um every once in a while we have to get over our own securities to reach out just a little bit just a little bit 
and giving mm. grace to other women because oh, everything yes. is going great until you have that one situation where you disagree or you have a fight and then it turns into oh well they told that person this and that person thinks this about me or whatever i have a really hard time being part of women's groups on social media i i think i'm only in maybe two now (laughs) because they just got to be so nasty and women just not giving each other any grace to make a mistake or the grace to um disagree you know, we're not going to agree on everything, and that's okay. And how do we reconcile? But instead, it turns into a lot of times just a big drama. Um, and that's this is probably why I only have one daughter out of all my many sons, and I have one daughter because the Lord knew that I have very little patience for drama. <laughs> um, but I do struggle with women's groups when it takes a turn for that. Um, and not that I haven't been part of my own drama or, you know, um, own, my own gossip. One of the things that really helped me have a conversion in, in gossip is, have you ever seen the San Damiano cross, um, the, the Franciscan cross? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Well, basically, it's if you look at that cross, you see Jesus crucified and you see people kind of standing behind him and I was praying like Lord please help me stop gossiping so much um I feel like this is such a struggle for me and I don't like the drama I hate getting caught up in this um and I happened to look up at that cross in the chapel that I was praying in and to me it looked like through through this holy spirit lens it looked like the people were standing behind Jesus talking about him and instantly I thought, man, the way that I am acting, I need to think of this person as Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and But even just my own need for forgiveness, I, I, I feel like I would appreciate a lot if somebody said to me, I forgive you for this and I'm not going to go and share what you did with 10 other people, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving each other grace in friendship, um, I think is a challenge for women's groups a lot i don't know why it is that we as women it we feel need to make ourselves feel better or something about how we would oh well we would do things differently and so we're going to tell somebody else about what we would do differently instead of giving each other that grace i feel like it really can be a huge hindrance for so many women, you know, we, we talked about the struggles of being able to find women's group, but then there's that also that, that do some of us even have that desire because of the hurts? Is it not necessarily because we don't want to be in fellowship with other women, but is it because we're afraid of being hurt again? And I, I, I don't, I don't know what the answer. Where's our bosom buddy, you know, from Anne of Green Gables? <laughs> but she only had one bosom buddy. You know? Yeah, and that's okay. That was right. something that a friend of mine you know, tells her kids all the time. It's okay to have more than one best friend. And I think it's okay to have more than one best friend. And I think it's okay to just have one friend. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, that's where we have a hard time finding women of faith that have fellowship in is we have that pain we have that fear and we have that sense of weakness uh, vulnerability i guess is a better word and we have to just let ourselves be ourselves and and know that god's got it the holy spirit is going to lead us to where we're supposed to be and we just have to make that decision whether to listen or not Mm -hmm. well yeah Um, and i think that really 
kind of hones in on like the the main kind of thing with this is if you're you know wanting to make those connections with other catholic women is you know start with prayer like that's something that i have a really hard time remembering in my daily life is to start with prayer i tend that tends to be one of the last things that i remember to do when i'm struggling start i'm like oh yeah god but um you know it's just praying about it and saying you know telling god how you feel about it telling god about your anxieties and your fears and and all of that and then you know just asking god to kind of like open up doors for you and then of course like you know it's not just god's gonna do everything for you it's a communal relationship with him so if you ask for something and he you know wills it to happen then you've got to also take that step and i think you know what you're talking about sometimes you just have to you know grit your teeth and just get through that initial you know kind of awkwardness or whatever and you know just kind of kind of do it but always start it with prayer regardless and I think even if you're an extrovert you know start it with prayer yeah I think that's a beautiful way of connecting what we've talked about that we need to pray about it Um, we need to move past our own feeling of awkwardness or even create a group if we need one accepting who we are and the gifts that God has given us and using them the way he intended us to. For sure. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Please join us again in two weeks when we discuss Mary, what she means to us, and how she has guided us in our lives as Catholic women. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.